0: Love Talk Radio. Hello, this is Marcian, and this is my show. Say what? When? Where? And that question I've asked my whole life, why? You know, most people, when they begin to talk as babies, the first sounds that come out of their mouth are usually like mama or dada. But my mother said I asked why. (laughs) And she said I drove her crazy for the minute I could talk because I was always asking her Why? So fortunately for me today, you know, we have the Internet, and I can go on Google and ask anything I want to know. (laughs) I love that. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight, whether you're listening uh, live with me right now or whether you're going to be listening later on in the archives. Because I want to declare a ceasefire about some things tonight. And my purpose is to also ask you to join me in whichever one of these things that you might also like to see stopped. First of all, I want to talk to the men. Men, we need you to begin to be men again. I mean real men. I think in this country, and maybe particularly in this country, the real man role model is the soldier. And I think that we've pretty much relegated manliness to be manifested, like in a warfare situation, you know, where a man can be fearless, they are strong, men are united in purpose and action, men will go up against the odds, lay down their life, to fight for the rights and the freedoms of people in society. And I think this rolls over somewhat to the policeman too because the policeman also lays down his life every day to protect the rights and the freedoms of people and society. I think that's why, you know, we have so many cop shows. I think it's a cry for this manliness because manliness does seem to be connected to defense. And uh, weapons of warfare against the evil, because I think the primary uh, role of a real man is to protect. And I ask a lot of gentlemen. I uh, I have to confess, most of them were older gentlemen, more in my age range. You know what they felt like it was, it meant to be a real man and. The first thought that came up to every one of them was to protect. So I want to make a call out to men tonight to think about manliness in terms of your personal integrity and to ask all of you to go down into your heart and take some time to be down there and feel what it means. See if you can feel what it means to you to be a real man. What does your heart tell you that a real man does? What does your heart tell you is a manifestation of manliness? How would you like to be described if you think of yourself as a real man? I said on my show this friday this last Friday night that I really feel sorry for American men because you guys are just constantly being bombarded by naked women and women shaking their butts and gyrations that emulate having sex and women with breast enhancements. I mean, in contrast to the Muslim woman who's covered from head to toe except for her eyes, I mean, our American women are practically naked today. And, um, you know, guys are already thinking about sex a lot of the time, and now you're being constantly stimulated sexually by movies and television and magazines. I mean, not to mention the porn that's available on the Internet. So I'm just making a guess here, but do a lot of you guys consider yourself manly if you are good in bed? Is your manliness connected to your sexual prowesses? Because when I was dating and I was single and I was dating, (laughs) my experience was that if a man was mostly bragging about his sexual abilities, he, he usually didn't make very much money or feel confident to be able to take care of a woman in a commercially acceptable way. Uh, I mean, especially if the woman was still in childbearing years and her biological clock was ticking. Since I'm a professional officiant, I sometimes would remind these men that if they wanted to be a husband, that a husband meant that the man was already commercially established and would own a home. I mean, that's what the word husband means, a householder it's really harder and harder for a man today to qualify to be a real husband because if they've never been married, then they have to be successful enough to afford to buy a home for himself. And if he's divorced, the woman got the home. I mean, I think all divorces should grant the custody of the children to the man and let him keep the home and raise the kids. And then the woman gets to have them on the weekends to have fun with them. And not only would this stop a lot of divorces in the first place, in the second place this would keep a man from jumping from one bed in the home he's provided for his wife and children that goes to the woman in the divorce right off into another bed that another woman whose former husband has provided the home for her and the kids, which she got in her divorce. I mean, there's just too much of this going on. And if you think that the children need a mother more than they need a father, just let me say this. The woman is going to have to go to work, and she's going to be away from the children all day anyway. So what is the difference? Whether it's the man or the woman who gets the custody of the kids. Because in both instances, the person with the custody is going to have to be at work all day. And the kids are going to be, you know, here, there, and yonder, school, grandma, daycare, And to me, the man has more ability to earn a better living and provide a more stable environment for the kids, as well as to be the strong one who sets the boundaries and lays down the rules and enforces them, because the man would be in his manly position of defense and protection. And then the mother would be able to be the mother without all the pressures of maintaining the home. And let me tell you, I have witnessed this this situation exactly like this. The marriage had produced four boys, and the father had the custody. And the mother was always available to be the nurturer to these boys. But it was the dad that held the fort and raised these boys with values and principles. And today, three of them are now in their own independent lives, And the one last boy is going to be graduating from high school this year, and he's considering going into the military. His dad is a retired Marine, so this kid was born, you know, on the Marine base here in California. He lived his whole life there until his dad retired. Retired, so he knows what it means to be a Marine, and he wants to be a Marine. So, men, my call to you today is to detach from this matrix of commercial sexuality and, once again, allow yourself to only be stimulated by true love and compassion, which comes from your heart. Your heart is above your waist. So be the first in your group to be able to stand up against all forms of lewdness be the first to actually tell your friends that you're just sickened by Miley Cyrus, Madonna, Beyonce. This is my first ceasefire today. I am sick to death of seeing these women singers nearly naked, gyrating, and emulating having sex while they sing. I'm just sick of it. I'm declaring a ceasefire. And men, my call to you today is to detach yourself from this Arcanian value system of domination and control and of smashing and crashing your way to the top, killing the competition and doing whatever is necessary to make money. Doctors who just sign paperwork from lawyers who are getting Social Security disability for people who aren't disabled at all and managers and companies who contribute and support the manipulation of all the figures and the truth of the company in order to keep the stockholders happy. What would it take for you as a man to continue in your profession or continue doing your job if you only began to operate from your heart and be true to yourself And only be honest. My son says it's not possible to do this at any level of life in the corporate world today. And I think this is just a profound statement of how far we have fallen as a collective. So if you are in this corrupt corporate world and you can't be the man there, then get out. And become a leader. Start your own business and run your own business according to your own personal value system of honesty with sacred wisdom. And I say this to you men as a woman who started her own business at the age of 62. And I just recently started another business in Omaha with a man who's a felon. He paid the price by being in prison, and while he was in prison, he thought things all the way through. And he decided he wanted to be a real man when he got out of prison. And he knows a lot about cars, so he started fixing cars in his garage and being honest. And long story short, he now has a big repair shop with four bays and four full-time mechanics and he's developed a reputation that if you take your car there to be fixed, they will fix it and they will do it right and they will tell you the truth and not rip you off. So I met him because he wanted to develop a towing service, so I invested in that. And then he said he'd like to sell used cars that he would start to go to the auction or buy cars off of Craigslist and then fix them up and sell them. Right there at his repair shop. And he said he would make sure that the car was safe and dependable so that a parent could buy their son or their daughter their first car and know that the car was safe. Or a, or, a single mother could buy a good car, reasonably priced, and be able to depend upon it. So I provided the capital for him to buy the first-used cars to get him started. And now we have a revolving capital fund that keeps the money available to replenish the stock. And we call our business the kingdom of virtue. And on the Excel spreadsheet, he lists the cars as the case. It's VK1 and VK2, VK3, and they are the cars in the kingdom of virtue. And he calls the two tow tow trucks we bought as his VK tow trucks. (laughs) And we're now on rotation with the state police and AAA. And even though Omaha didn't get any snow last year, Because he had hoped to pay off the trucks with a lot of snow toes. Still, the towing business has been steady, and he has made every single one of his payments on time. This is one man, one man who decided to be the man. And, you know, the only way things are going to change is for one man, one man here and one man there. Who decides he's going to be a man, a real man, and stand for truth and integrity and honesty? A man who is strong and true to his own self to be able to then become a role model to be the man and operate his kingdom of virtue amidst a wicked, perverse, and evil generation. Well, now I'm going to make a call to the women. Women, all of you really want a real man, and the real man is currently being emasculated in the boardroom, on the battlefield, on the street, in the office, everywhere, because the woman is there, and she shouldn't be there. Her presence compromises his masculinity. He can't be the real man. Men work together with other men. Men together can get things done. Men are simple, straight to the point, linear from problem to solution. Men can unemotionally assess and solve and set in motion the policies and procedures that are in the highest and best good for all concerned, all men and women and the children. So I am calling to the women today to also detach from the matrix of sexual commercialization, from being used and abused, to sell everything from coffee to tires for our cars. I'm calling upon you to cover yourself up, Hide your womanly attributes. Become a mystery and return to your kingdom and reconnect with your inner goddess, the queen, the matriarch as the womb of all creation, the high priestess, that holy, sacred, and wise woman, who nurtures the man and loves him and provides him the holy sacred place where he can go to receive your divine wisdoms, those higher truths of levels of truth and beauty and goodness that you have, where the man is refreshed and empowered to go forth and conquer and defend and protect. I am calling a ceasefire of women trying to be men. I am calling for the men to be the real man, and I'm calling for the woman to become the real woman. And my ceasefire will allow the woman to return to the home where the boundaries and the true virtues are established and live daily so the children will learn and be supported into their years to maturity. A home where there is love and faithfulness and trust and support, dependability, acknowledgement and appreciation, acceptance and allowing. My oldest daughter is a high school teacher of the public school system in Texas, and she says that there is no parental support today. She has an average of 165 students every semester, but she has less than 2% of the parents who have ever shown one degree of interest in what their child is doing. No one comes to parent-teacher night. And she says, so the kids don't have any interest in learning at all either. They know their parents could care less, so they don't care either. And she says it's not the school system that is bad. She says there's just no parents today. She told me that in one of her educational magazines that she received, there was a cartoon that showed the difference between about uh, the reaction of a to a child getting a bad grade on its report card. The first cr- uh, cartoon showed back in the 50s, in 1950s, and it shows the mother and the father father sitting with the child and showing him the report card with the D on it and saying, what's going on here? Why did you get a D in this class? But the second cartoon, showing 2014, shows the mother and the father going to the school and showing the report card to the teacher and saying, what's going on here? Why did my child get a D in your class? My daughter said sometimes the only way to get a parental involvement is to give a child a deed, and then even then she says she still won't hear from most of the parents. And what she observes is that most of the woman's money that she earns working outside of the home goes mostly for child care. And the end result of parents trying to make more money so they can have a so-called better life is that the kids are being sacrificed to an artificial standard of commercial values which are energized by the efforts of corporate America to keep the economy going. And having Nike shoes are the standard of value, not an A on their report card. I have a Chinese friend, and she told me she was raised in a typical Chinese home. And I asked her what what she meant by typical, and she said, well, I was expected to be the top in my class, to get the highest grades, to be number one, to be the best. She said there was no room for failure or unaccomplishment. If I didn't get an A, I was afraid to go home. And my daughter teaches a class in Mapping Your Future, which is designed, you know, to help juniors and seniors think in terms of what they might like to do to earn a living. (laughs) She says all the kids just want to be a rock star and make millions of dollars. (laughs) No one thinks about becoming like an electrician or a plumber or an accountant or a manager of a restaurant or a cab driver or a florist. But, you know, I never had any classes like that when I was in high school. Because this instruction was given to me and my sister and my two brothers at the dinner table at night when we ate together as a family. All of the various areas of achievement would be discussed and information would be given to us about different types of jobs. And we were also instructed early on that they would see that each one of us had one year of college, but beyond that we were on our own. So all of us worked really hard to get good grades in order to qualify for scholarships and then to supplement the scholarship funds we worked while we went to college. Now, my sister and I got married, and we worked to put our husbands through college. My husband was in law school, and her husband was in medical school. But our brothers worked and got their degrees and then took jobs in their chosen professions. My older brother is a, te- is a teacher, and my younger brother is a forester. And you know what? This is still America. When I had my writing office in San Diego back in 1989, almost 50% of what I wrote about were resumes for people, and I can still remember three different clients I had. One man who had started out in a restaurant as a server during high school, and he worked his way up to assistant manager of his store and then manager. And now the resume I was doing for him was to interview as the district manager of the restaurant's business, businesses in three western states. And another man started out working at his local movie theater uh, selling popcorn while he was in high school. And after he graduated, he worked his way up to being in charge of the concession stand, and eventually he was manager of that movie theater. And the resume I was preparing for him was for his personnel file uh, because he had just been selected to be the manager of a new nine-plus movie theater that was being opened in San Diego. And the third man started working at the bank as a teller, and then he went on to selling various investments and services that were offered at the bank, and then he became assistant manager, and now he had been selected to be the manager. And we were updating his resume for his personnel file. And all of this is still possible today, but our kids need to have someone who has their back. They need to have a mother. And a father who is there letting them know what is possible, acknowledging their accomplishments, encourage them to continue on towards their personal goals and help them find out their strengths, what they love to do, what they're really good at. And there's no substitute for a mother. A daycare worker just can't do the job of the mother of the child. So I'm making a call to all the women out there now. If you are a woman and you have children, go home and take care of your children. Today there are unlimited opportunities for women to work from home. The computers brought the world into the home. Everything can be done from the home now. You can run a business. You can get a college education. You can get all of your entertainment. You can learn anything and everything today on the computer. So let us reestablish the home as the bastion of love and defense and dependability and support and encouragement. Set boundaries of virtue and morality and sacred connections, nurturing and a place of safety and peace. This is only going to be true if the woman is back in charge of her kingdom. Because the hand that rocks the cradle literally still does rule the world. So my call is to the woman Women of the world reestablish our homes. Now the other areas that I want to make a call for a ceasefire will automatically begin to be purified and cleared up when the men become real men again and the women reestablishes the home because I want a ceasefire on all scenes on television and in the movies and on YouTube and our cell phones of people throwing up. I am sick and tired of seeing people vomit. I'm sick and tired of watching people go to the bathroom. Do you know there is actually an app for a game where you can try to get the little person to get to the bathroom in time to do their business on the toilet or else they poop all over the floor? (laughs) Who wants to play a game like this? How in the world could a company make money selling a game like this? Who are the people who choose to play this game and will pay money to do it? You know, I just don't get it. Is it supposed to be funny? I'm just sick and tired of having people's rudeness and lewdness shoved in my face. I am sick and tired of glorifying the base actions of people, which produces the idea that it's just okay to fart or belch right in somebody's face today. And I had two girls come to one of my weddings recently, which was in a beautiful hotel, and the groom and his groomsmen were in tuxedos, and the bride was in a traditional Princess Diana gown with a full train And her maid of honor and all of her bridesmaids were in full length gowns with gloves. And these two girls showed up in tight jeans, wearing hooker heels, and low cut t shirts, bearing their breasts. And of course, they were drawing a lot of attention to themselves. I don't know if they were just upset because they hadn't been invited to be in the wedding or what. I wondered what their mothers would have thought about their appearance. And I wanted to ask them, do you just hate the bride? Is that why you look the way you do? Why have you even come here today? You certainly aren't here to honor the bride or the groom. Who would want to deliberately defile an occasion like this? Everyone else was dressed appropriately, the men in suits and ties and the ladies in pretty dresses. Now, I do do a lot of beach weddings, and I encourage my beach brides to say something in the invitation that would allow for casual dress at a beach wedding. Something like, you know, we will be on the sand, and a basket will be available for your shoes, or we will be providing lace to all the guests. So, Hawaiian costumes uh, are are encouraged. But when you're going to a fancy hotel for a wedding, it's pretty much generally acknowledged that this is going to be a formal wedding and formal attire is called for. This is just honor and respect. Now, another area where I want to call for a ceasefire now is to all the preachers out there because I am sick and tired of hearing that Jesus is coming again soon. And I'm sick and tired of Jesus being called Christ. So let me just say again, and I, I have said this a lot on this show, but Jesus is not coming again. And if this is what you're basing all of your decisions on, you need to stop thinking that you're going to get delivered out of your life. Sitting around waiting for Jesus to come again is the same thing as committing suicide. And we just had the son of a pastor here commit suicide because he felt that there just weren't any answers to his problems as far as he was concerned except to just die because Jesus hadn't come yet. and He had been waiting his whole life for him to come, and he hadn't come. So he just decided to go to Jesus. So he committed suicide. You need to know Jesus has already come, and he lived his life to show us how to live our life. He did everything perfectly as the perfect role model to show us how a human being can live this life. Jesus was human. He was here on earth as a human being. The Bible says he was equal with God, but he emptied himself of being God because his purpose was to show us that as a human being, if we are connected to God, we have all the rights and privileges of a son of God because we are also sons of God. Jesus said he was the son of God, and as a human, he did everything that a human son of God is supposed to do. He healed the sick. He opened blind eyes and deaf ears. He fed the hungry. He walked on water. He could be in two places at the same time. He controlled the weather. He raised the dead, and he raised himself from the dead. Now, we can do all of these things. He did it as a human so he could prove to us that we as human beings can do it. So he isn't coming back. He doesn't need to come back. He has other responsibilities now in our universe. He's very active right now at the galactic level, mitigating and negotiating policies and procedures, which are greatly benefiting us right now. It's no mistake that we have now had six years of peace on earth, and even this temporary statement to the Taliban in Iraq is not going to endanger our presidents' stand for peace. There are just times when the man must stand as the divine protector of the innocents, the women and the children. And Jesus is very involved here, as what happens here on our Planet Earth affects everyone in the galaxy. And Jesus has grave and serious situations he's dealing with. He did what he was supposed to do here. Because he did come here, he has a very active and personal interest in our accomplishments. And the Galactic Federation has been so pleased with our progress. But our participation needs to be stepped up now. So I am making a call. I am calling for a ceasefire in preaching that Jesus is coming again soon, and I'm calling for preaching that teaches us humans that we are sons of God and that the earth groans and travails for the manifestation of the sons of God to stand in their power and to call for the changes that are needed to bring our planet into allowing and acceptance in sacred and virtuous union with one another, loving and being loved, and healing our damaged hearts, and healing our bodies, and bringing forth all new life within a home where love rules and where the kings and lords are in charge. You know, at Christmas time, we hear that song, The Messiah, which is a great call to Jesus. And in the song, it says, Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. King of kings and Lord of lords. Well, who are those kings and lords that Jesus is King and Lord of? Those kings and lords are the man. And the man is the man when he is in divine union with his counterpart, the woman, his queen, his pure and sure complement, the high priestess of the temple, which is the home, and the wise woman who provides the sacred wisdoms. And I am also calling for a ceasefire to all the preachers out there who talk about the Christ like the Christ is Jesus. Jesus is not the Christ. We are the Christ. Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, and the kings and lords that he is king of and lord of is the Christ. Jesus is the head and we are the body. Jesus is back in spirit taking care of the matters of the galaxy. And I might add, our universe is just that Earth is the star of the show right now of what is going on in our galaxy. And if you really knew what was going on, you would just be so amazed. Our sun is operating in a whole new dimension of its power to help us right now. And all of the planets in our solar system are in configurations that are making the most power and energy available to us right now that hasn't been available for thousands and thousands of years. Today, it's more possible to enter into your power as a single sovereign human with free will and the right of choice than it has ever been. We are the Christ. We are the humans who are sons of God, who are going to begin to be many, many, many Jesuses here on earth. That's the second coming of Jesus. It's us doing everything that he did. Study his life and learn what he did, and then begin to believe that what he did, you can do. And if you need to get some training or education or some therapy or whatever you need to do to begin to be the man or begin to be the woman, do it. Because it's never been more possible for you to do it than it is right now. And I will add this. You already know what it is you're supposed to do. You already know what you're supposed to be starting And if you will just sense your intention to start today, the doors will begin to open immediately, and the way will open up to you, and you will begin to experience your own power as a son of God, a member of the Christ. The Christ is the body of God here on the earth. We are the eyes, the ears, the arms, the legs, the heart, the liver, the muscles, the thoughts, and the feelings, and the awareness of God here on Earth—it's up to us now. And then this will just solve the next thing I'm calling a ceasefire about, <laughs> because I'm so sick and tired of hearing all of the side effects of the drugs and all the commercials on television and radio today. I just can't listen. To another list of those possible side effects, muscle spasms that could become permanent, fatal infections, cancer, heart failure, thoughts of suicide, vision impairment, deafness. I mean, who's desperate enough to take a drug that exposes you to the possibility of death, disfigurement, disability, cancer, heart failure, thoughts of suicide? Who in their right mind would do this to themselves? I mean, apparently people aren't in their right mind because the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was in Jesus. Well, Jesus' mind was filled with the self-knowledge of who he was. I can't imagine that Jesus would risk taking a drug that would cause heart failure because he would not risk not being able to fulfill his purpose. He knew his connection to God, and he knew that he had dominion over all things, including illness and disease. Otherwise, he couldn't have healed people. So I'm making a call that instead of continuing in a homeostasis system of health that has a chemical-based solution and having a society that is totally dependent upon drugs, I propose an allostasis health system that is energy-based and has a solution that is based in making a change in behavior. And as we all begin to realize that we are the Christ and that what Jesus did we can do, And we will become aware of alternative ways of healing and modalities that recognize the mind-body connection, that realize that the body has a perfect defense system already in place and can heal anything. And also, as the Christ, we can begin to be trained and able to help other people deal with their incarnation and get to the core of any action or reaction. So each person can clear out their magnetic field of energy, and then the body can just do what it knows how to do and heal us. And then we won't need to use drugs at all. And then perhaps there will be enough people in their independence and self-sufficiency who have businesses of their own who can pay for the advertising on television, and we won't need the drug companies anymore. Perhaps we won't even have television at all, because everything is now available to us on our computers anyway through the Internet. And I also want to call for a ceasefire in the area of Social Security disability. This is an area that has been so corrupted that we now have more people on Social Security disability than there are people working to pay into the Social Security system, and this is not going to be able to last. So in order to preserve the incomes of those people like me who actually paid into the system all of their lives and made the plans for their retirement, taking into consideration that they would be getting their Social Security, we need to get everyone who didn't work to pay into Social Security out of the system. So I call to all of the lawyers who defraud the system And to all of the doctors who work with these shark lawyers to go into their hearts and realize that just because they can do it doesn't make what they do virtuous. And I call to these lawyers and doctors to reset a standard of value in their life that is governed by integrity and honesty. And you know who you are. And lastly, I want to make a call for a ceasefire of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, because we need to change the fact that if a baby is born here, they are a citizen. This is not true of any other country in the world, and the 14th Amendment was addressing a situation in our country way, way back in the days of the Indians and the Negroes, and those situations have now been addressed. So the 14th Amendment now needs to be amended to clarify how we will address the issue of citizenship now. And I am calling for citizenship based upon the citizenship of the parents of the child. If the parents are U.S. citizens, then the child is a U.S. citizen. If the parents are citizens of another country, their child is a citizen of that country. And if we only accept citizenship based upon the citizenship of the parent, this will then uh, free up our social welfare system to be able to be used just for citizens. And perhaps this would then help people make their transition off of Social Security to disability until they can become self-sufficient, independent members of the Christ and begin to fill, fulfill their purpose doing what Jesus did here On the earth. I know that tonight's show is somewhat a departure from some of my other shows because tonight's call for a ceasefire in all of these different areas is, though, really just taking a look at the big, big, big picture and getting down to basics, because if we realize we are the Christ, the form of God here on earth with all the power that Jesus had, and the men go back to being real men, and the women go back to being real women, and we know that in the power of two is the key to ending all war, inequality, enslavement, poverty, sickness, and death, well, we just solved all the problems of the world. Because in the really big picture, it's really, really simple. And this is Marcianne saying aloha. Hello, goodbye, and I am happy with you.
1: That's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. You can contact Marcianne on her website, www.marcianne.com. You can also view all of Marcianne's videos on YouTube, by putting Marcian in the YouTube search window, you can download her book for free at www.mrrightforme.com. And if you want to go into business for yourself, take a look at Marcian's Weddings and Celebrations Business Startup Course at www.weddingofficiantschool.com. The the middle-of-the-week pick-me-up energy show is broadcast live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Coast time from Marcian's studios in Southern California. All shows are also archived and can be listened to at any time in any place in the world.